Fukushima Dreams, Chapter 5 I reached my hideout just as the sun went down completely and left the little clearing in darkness. I unhooked the door of the little one-room cabin and peered in. It was silent, and as far as I could tell, exactly as I had left it. The single wooden shutter was still fastened, the torn rice paper blinds drawn. The single wooden shutter was still fastened, the torn rice paper blinds drawn. I switched on my torch and played it around the small space. It didn't look like anyone, human or animal, had disturbed the bedding or the things I'd left there. I dumped my pack on the floor and breathed a sigh of relief. Now I could relax. I'd left oil for the lantern on one of my previous visits, and the first thing I did was to fill it. The little cabin was immediately filled with a cosy glow. It was highly unlikely that anyone would be passing to see a chink of light through the window, but I quickly draped a jumper over it, just in case. The rest of the cabin was pretty tight. I was famished. Eating was my next priority. One of the things I've always loved about living in Japan is the sheer variety of foods that can be freeze-dried and preserved. Within minutes, I was tucking into a bowl of instant ramen, the thick noodles swimming in a hot, tasty broth. As I ate, slurping up the broth and noodles in the approved lip-smacking fashion, I considered my options. I could stay here for weeks, especially if I could supplement the food I'd stashed away with some hunting or fishing. I'd come to the point where running away to some quiet place, to be by myself, seemed like the only option. I could have returned to England, but what would I have done there? I came to Japan for a reason, following a dream, and I wasn't ready to give that up yet. Living the life of a family man, bringing in the wages had seen that dream receding ever further on the horizon. I needed to give myself the space to see if I still had the ability to make it become real. Everyone needs a place to think, after all. I didn't sleep well last night. I was plagued by bad dreams. I was running through dark city streets calling for Sachiko. I knew she was somewhere in front of me. I kept catching glimpses of someone I was sure was her. I couldn't quite tell before she vanished. There was a feeling of menace, and several times I woke up and tried to clear my head, limbs stiff from the cold. But each time I'd fallen into sleep again, the dream continued, and a nameless terror haunted me during the brief waking moments in between. I awake, chilled to the bone my chest tight and sore. Breathing's uncomfortable. Hope I'm not developing a chest infection. Need to get some more wood. I've already scavenged all that's to be found within a short range of the cabin, and I haven't felt the need to go much further afield over the last few days. It's much colder up here in the mountains. I make myself a hot cup of tea and sit, clutching my hot tea, and eating nuts, considering the day that stretches out before me. I will not think about them. It's like he's followed me here. 
I drag my mind back to the subject in hand. I've no shortage of pen or paper, but I want to get everything straight in my head first. Another cup of tea. I catch my mind drifting back to the first time we met. She was so demure, but with a mutinous sparkle in her eye. She laughed at my jokes. I longed to touch her hair. It looked so soft. I took her number. We promised to meet again. Did meet again. We discovered her country through each other's eyes. But that's not the story I want to write. It's not about me. I came to this far land, away from everything I'd ever known precisely because I didn't want to write about me, but about other, more memories of being an alien. Hadn't that been part of it? The feeling that everyone around me was being replaced? I relax and let the memories take me. After all, I'm safe here.